Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. What do you do when every member of your family is whispering about ghosts in the house? But they're far too terrified to talk about it out loud. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Yep. It is 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Or you can also write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you'd like to be a part of that group of folks that gets bonus episodes every single week, exclusive episodes just for that group, advanced episodes of our program weeks before the release to the public, no ads in them, our ebook, which is an Amazon bestseller, also our audio book, and a whole lot of other extras, then become an extra podcast person. That's what that group is all about. EPP is what we call them. You sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to uh, support the program and keep us on the air. Be sure to check that out. Uh, Tony and Carol Hughes with you today. Carol is back. Welcome back uh, to the program. Hey, thanks, Tony. I'm glad everything uh, went uh, went good, and you are have returned, and you sound yourself. Thank you. And here's the best part: yeah. I do not have cancer hey. on my lip anymore. It's Woo. gone. The shit is gone. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. So uh, Kathy filled in last week, and it was great to have her on again. As always, she she did a great job filling in. But of course, it's wonderful to have you back. Uh, and and the whole time you were uh, in the surgery or anything, no seeing the light, nothing of that nature was all good. No, I took a Xanax and I was <laughs> high as a kite, and I, I never had taken one before. Uh-huh. And and. 
you know, it turned something pretty nasty into something that wasn't quite as nasty. <laughs> I'm like, thank God for the Xanax. That's what you need sometimes, you know? It, yeah, it's like... it didn't knock me out for it, so I had to go to a yeah. the dermatologist and get the cancer removed, and then I went to the plastic surgeon to have that shit all fixed up. Yeah. And it was pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. But it's like... She's like, do you want to see it? Yeah, I want to see it. And I ended up with 30 stitches wow. in my lip. And they were super tiny, little bitty, bitty, bitty stitches. So, yeah, but I'm so glad that shit's over with. I haven't said shit that much in a long time. Do they do shit? Do they do the shit like that? The stitches like that by hand? Is that like literally 30 stitches done by hand? Or is there like a... Yes. Wow. Yeah. That just seems like it'd be so difficult to do. Well, the last thing do. I would want is a machine putting stitches into my lip. <laughs> they stick your head, your head underneath a, a singer sewing machine. and uh, yeah, yeah, I'd rather somebody kind of do embroidery oh. on my lip, and that's kind of like what it was. <laughs> well, I didn't know if there was like something where it's like it just, you know, it, it, it like a little pen type machine or something now. I don't know. I don't know how it's done. No, some things I think they can kind of glue it together. Okay. You know, instead of stitching it, but yeah. this, that was not the case. Sure, you needed that for that. Wow. But I think they did it that many little bitty, bitty ones so it will heal up better. Sure. Because they basically took the middle part of my lip out. Yeah. And um, so it's totally numb. I can't feel it at all. Yeah. But hey, it's better than having cancer there. Hey. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot better than having <laughs> cancer there. So, well, it's over. Woo. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. If you'd like to share your real ghost stories with us, let's go to our first story of the day. It says, when I was 13 years old, my family, my parents, and five kids moved into a large house in northeast Baltimore neighborhood of Lauraville. Another kid would be born there. Almost immediately, my sisters whispered about ghosts. They claimed to hear an old church organ that we had playing by itself. Whenever something would fall over unexpectedly, my mother would joke, that Joe ghost did it. Never personally experienced anything inexplicable for nearly 10 years. That all changed when my mother and her friend Ted decided to communicate with one of his late aunts via a Ouija board. My bedroom was in the rear of the attic. They decided to have their session in the empty front attic bedroom. The reaction of the Ouija board was out of control, but they had no meaningful results. Almost immediately after that session, I began experiencing paranormal activity. It began, as most hauntings do, I suppose, with noises. I started being awakened by scurrying on the roof. It sounded like something small, like a squirrel. There was a tall oak tree on the other side of our driveway, taller than the house. I reasoned that a squirrel must get on the roof from the tree. No problem, right? But something was wrong. The scurrying would stop any time I opened my eyes. I would just lie there waiting, but it remained still until I closed my eyes. It would start again. From the sound, I could literally follow its movements, but it would always stop when I opened my eyes. It was maddening. Sometimes I would jump out of bed and go to the opening to the small crawl space between the ceiling and the roof and shine a light in, hoping to see something, but there was never anything to see. I'd be up for hours a night playing this game of hide and seek. The really scary thing was that the only way it could know when I opened my eyes was that it could see me. This went on for days at a time. Sometimes it would stop, but it would always start up again. Then it got worse. Instead of the scurrying of the little animal, I began hearing footsteps, human-style footsteps on the roof. 
Once again, my mind tried to rationalize what I was hearing. There had to be someone up there, a person, but there could not be. There were no low branches on the oak tree. It was essentially unclimbable. There was no one on the roof, yet I could hear him or it. And yes, the footsteps stopped any time I opened my eyes. It was bad enough when it was on the roof, then it came inside. I had a single bed with an old wooden frame, a wooden box spring, and a thin mattress. I'd be sleeping only to be awakened by something moving inside the mattress. Something big. Imagine a 15-foot python trapped inside a thin mattress. That's what it felt like. I never saw it, but it was snake-like in its shape and movements. When it moved, it moved me too. I shifted in bed to the right or to the left to accommodate it, and it really scared me. I tried to be as quiet and motionless as possible when it was in the mattress. Afterward, either that night or the next morning, I'd pull the mattress off the bed and look for holes to see how it got in. Of course, that was totally irrational. Nothing that big could have gotten into the mattress without destroying it. Not only that, how could something that big even get into my room without me seeing it? What I didn't realize is that other people in my family were experimenting in equally in experiencing an equally disturbing phenomena. Nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody wanted to even think about it for fear of being thought that we were insane. It got worse. One night I woke up finding myself crawling out of my bedroom window. The window, as I said, early opened to the roof of the sun porch, but there was an extremely long drop off that roof to the stone patio below, or worse yet, the metal stairs down from the back porch. I still shudder to think what it would feel like to fall onto that. I would have died, no question about it in my mind. I do not know what stopped me, but I woke up suddenly, and I was shocked. I got back into bed. I looked over at my alarm clock. It was exactly 3 a.m. Exactly. That would have been the time of my death. The next night, the same thing happened. I hit my head on something while I was crawling out of the window. I looked at the clock again, and it was 3 a.m. Even though I had never previously walked in my sleep, I tried to convince myself that this was just some sort of weird coincidence until it happened the next night again at 3 a.m. Once is rare. Twice could be a strange coincidence. Three times was design. Something was trying to kill me. I was sure of it. I can't remember who initiated the first family meeting about the haunting, but I think it might have been me right after the window incidents. We shared our experiences. I was shocked by their stories. My younger sister moved out of the house soon afterwards, and we ultimately stopped talking about the haunting because we came to believe that talking about the entity both empowered it and attracted its attention. I was bo a born-again Christian, and turning to fervent prayer, I was able to cast the entity out of my bedroom, but not the entire house. I was able to ignore the entity after that, but since we did not discuss it anymore, I did not realize how active it remained with other people in my family. I would eventually lose two siblings to suicide. Neither of them died in the house, and there was nothing openly supernatural about either of the incidents, but I can't help but think that they still might have been under the influence of the entity. My family no longer lives in the house. My mother sold it for nearly $300,000 a few years later. I saw on the market again at an auction starting at 10000 I was tempted to buy it and finally cast out the entity. My wife, showing characteristic wisdom, would not hear of it. Still, we went to the auction anyway. I talked with many of the potential buyers, telling them that I was a former resident. When they would ask me about the house, I told them it was haunted. They would say, that's cool. Then I would say, no, it isn't. I don't think I spoke with the people who bought the house.
I hope they're faring better than we did. Well, there you go. House ends up uh, going for about uh, for ten grand because people just want to get rid of the damn thing after buying yeah, it for nearly three hundred. That story was creepy, yeah. and then when his siblings committed suicide, that was horrible. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. And not knowing, you know, was it, you know, did it have anything to do with the house? Did it not? But you have to, you know, wonder how much torment others were going through that maybe was never really spoken of uh, uh, from that well, house. Well, if you wake up three times in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. Yeah. and you're attempting to basically jump out of your window. Yeah. That's scary stuff. And that's crazy. They lived there 10 years and nothing until the Ouija board incident. Mm -hmm. What mother's like, hey, I got an idea. Let's talk to your dead aunt or whoever it was. And let's do the bedroom right across the hall. I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's one of those things. What wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Well, hopefully that can be a cautionary tale for some others out there that may not, uh, you know, know the possible outcomes. That, but it uh, makes you wonder why that house was sold for three hundred thousand. Yeah, and then auctioned because <laughs> they couldn't sell it. Is my guess. I want to hear that ghost starting story. Starting at ten thousand. <laughs> I want to hear what happened there. That they were willing yeah. to take a two hundred and ninety thousand dollar loss on the house. Yeah, uh, did they sell it for ten thousand or did it start at ten thousand? Uh, doesn't matter. They yeah. sold it for way less. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's just amazing. Um, yeah, just a creepy, creepy house. Uh, speaking of creepy, creepy, um, a little bit later on in the show, we will hear from Chris Hansen. If if you don't follow me on social media, you missed a, oh my a, God, a, that was the a best. great thing the other day with Chris Hansen talking about me uh, for real. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that in uh, just a little bit here. Uh, on the program. Uh, 855-853-4802. Our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. And let's jump over to this caller. Hi, let's hear your ghost story. Hi, Tony. Um, so uh, you'll have to excuse me. I don't usually call in to uh, uh, podcasts, so I'm a little nervous, but um, I'd like to... I'd like to tell you about a really odd occurrence that happened when I was pretty young. I think I was about eight. Um, I was with my mom in in the car. Actually, she was. We were just starting to leave a um, a bowling alley that I attended a birthday party at, and it was a small brick building. I'd say a couple floors at the most. Uh, pretty old. Uh, it's I forget exactly what it's called, the Norwood Center Bowling Alley in uh, Massachusetts, and that um, it's been used for bowling since the 1940s, but I don't know what it was used for before that. Anyway, um, my mom was getting in the car, I was getting in the car, and I happened to look at the building that we'd just come out of, and I could see a little balcony with like a tiny wrought iron sort of little fence around the balcony it was it's hard to explain but you could it was definitely big enough for someone to walk out onto the balcony the only problem was it was bricked up so no one could get out there well i got in the car 
I buckled my seatbelt, my mom turns on the car, I look out the window, and there is a woman standing on the balcony. Um, she, she was in Victorian dress. She looked like she pretty much fell out of a Sherlock Holmes novel. Um, being eight, I didn't really know like that. I knew she looked different, but I didn't really know what era she was dressed from. And what I did was I said to my mom, hey, do you see that lady on the balcony right there, even though it's all bricked up and no one could possibly be there? And my mom goes, no, no, I don't see anyone there. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? She's right there. And this woman looked incredibly scared. She looked like she was contemplating jumping from the balcony or doing God knows what. Like she had no idea what to do. Some, it looked like something was chasing her. And my mom is telling me she doesn't see this woman. <laughs> and I didn't know what to make of it. I was only eight. I didn't really, you know, listen to a lot of ghost stories. I didn't watch a lot of horror movies. I had no idea what I was looking at. So I just kind of looked away. And when I looked back, she was gone. Um, I don't know how long she was there for, but it really freaked me out that my mom couldn't see her. <laughs> and I could. And um, I'm not sensitive. I'm not a medium. I'm not anything like that. I've never seen a ghost before in my life um i do go looking occasionally but i've I've never seen anything like to this day i just figured that that woman was maybe filming a movie some sort of amateur movie though i looked around and i at you know at the time i didn't see any cameras or anything like that so it was pretty weird um anyway thank you for listening to my story and putting up with all the pauses I hope you have a great day. Bye. I can't say I blame her at all for trying to rationalize. Like, maybe it's a movie or something. Right. Well, and especially when, you know, it's one thing if you live in a house and you've had experiences. But when you're eight years old and you have no reference to anything like that. Yeah. You know, and then you would see something. It's like, that's so strange. How did that woman get there? And mm -hmm. she's wearing kind of weird clothes. And that's impossible for her to be there. That's yeah. just not the kind of thing you, you would, like, would just randomly think up. No. You know? No. And especially that she asked her mom about it. Like, it was that real. And then try and make sense of it. And mom's not seeing it. And what do you mean you're not seeing it? And it's, you know parents are busy. It's like, whatever. We're like, we're moving on. We're just going to keep, you know, you, you do that sometimes because there's a thousand other things going on and kids will just, they'll, they'll get kind of fixated on something that, that that's, they're paying attention to, but you're like either driving a car or trying not to get everybody killed. So sometimes it's just like, well, we'll talk about it later and you never do get back to it later. Um, but that's, yeah, that's definitely interesting that, that it was only seen by the daughter. Yeah. Good story. That was a good one. It was. Thank you for sharing that uh, with us. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. So my uh, my birthday was on August 5th the other day. This is uh, going to be airing towards the end of August. But uh, for my birthday, um, Jen, uh, she she got me me two things, really. The, the one thing has not arrived in the mail yet, and she felt bad about that. And I really, I don't care. I've said it a thousand times. I'm like, it's no big deal. It's coming. She told me what it was. It's the Amityville house. Uh, it's like, you know, like a little Christmas village house, but it's the Amityville house. And it lights up. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> and it lights up. So I'll be putting that on the, the shelf uh, in my office in front of me when it arrives. But um, at like about 830 at night, 
uh, I'm sitting on my phone and suddenly I get a text message from a number. I'm not sure who it is or what it is. And this is uh, this is what I see. We're here. Tony Bruschi. Tony Bruschi. Why does that name sound so suspiciously familiar? Maybe because your secret screen name is Broski Bruschi 69. What do you mean by Broski Bruschi 69? Tony Chris Hansen here of Hansen versus Predators to catch a predator and have a seat with Chris Hansen. Now, I'm going to need you to have a seat right over there. I've been going through some transcripts. I don't like what I see. You know, we're still climbing out of a pandemic. You're still supposed to be socially distant, flattening the curve, not going on your podcast with your lovely wife, Jenny, and just going on and on and on and talking about to catch a predator and Chris Hansen and have a seat with Chris Hansen and Hansen versus Predators and bestiality jokes. It's generally this sort of behavior that could take you from a podcast and put you in a dark kitchen where you're being interrogated by me. Nobody wants that. So behave. And if you can, Jenny and I would like to wish you a very happy birthday. Maybe you can have a Mike's Harvard lemonade or a White Claw on me. White Claw is what we use in the current investigations and we'll have more of those for you soon on the TV and my YouTube channel. Don't be in one of them, just watch them. In the meantime, I'll be watching you and listening to your podcast. So take care, stay safe, stay healthy. I'll see you soon. God, that's the best thing ever. And you sent it to me late at night, and I get up really early, and so I saw it when I got up. Yeah. And I'm like, but I didn't want to text you. It's like 5.30 in the morning. And I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? Did you did you for a, it like three times for a moment? Were you how wondering did, if it was? How did she do that? Were you wondering if it was your drugs that you were on after the surgery <laughs> that you're like? Did I take me another Xanax? <laughs> I did me too. <laughs> well, this is not an advertisement or an endorsement for the service, but there's that the the cameo thing that's out there where you can have uh, different people. Uh, wish other people happy birthdays or whatever. Um, I've actually, I've had been suggested that I get on there or we get on there as a show and do it as well at some point. Um, and you, you do like a, a fee to whoever is doing it. Different people have different fees. And then they send a private message to um, whoever, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's intended for. So obviously. Oh God, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, she knows my love of Chris Hansen and to catch a predator. So. Like that's good. This is one of the. This is probably the most unique birthday present I've ever. And like had. ever since I met you, you have had some kind of odd fascination with Chris Hansen. We were talking about Chris Hansen way before I even met my wife. So like 15 yeah. years ago, when To Catch a Predator was like at its peak on Dateline. I th- I remember coming into the studio and we would talk about what was on To Catch a Predator the other night. So. And when I saw that, I'm like, how the hell did yeah. she do that? Yep. They knew Jenny had something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, <laughs> I loved it. It was great. It was. All our hats uh, off. That was brilliant. That was great. And uh, thank you to Chris Hansen for uh, the happy birthday crazy. wishes. When, like, my, my usernames were Brewski Broski 6969 or something. That's great. <laughs> Let's continue on with our ghost stories. 855 855- 853-4802 is our number. Hi. Hi, this is Nicole from Ohio. Um, I wanted to call in my ghost story. Um, this takes place about 40-some years ago. 
Um, every year, my family, when I was young in the 70s, we would drive down to um, eastern Kentucky uh, on the West Virginia border. And we would go there during the Memorial Day holidays to go decorate graves on my grandmother, my dad's mom's side. Um, and we would drive to a place that was called Carter's Chapel. Um, it was very, very, very rural. There was nothing around it. It was off of a dirt road. Um, and there was a chapel on one side of the dirt road, and then on the other side would have been the cemetery or the churchyard. Um, we would always tend to make it our midday stop so that we would picnic and the cemetery. There was really large, very large oak trees and sycamore trees around there. Um, so it was very well shaded, but it was a very pretty old, old cemetery. Um, very typical, had the black wrought iron fence that, you know, was real wonky and missing parts and old marble, but also old sandstone headstones and just very, very old, very pretty. We would usually um, take some sort of picnic lunch, usually, you know, get Kentucky Fried Chicken and have coleslaw and an applesauce cake and all that good stuff. And we would picnic in the cemetery. Well, across the road from there was a place which, you know, the cemetery was named after Carter's Chapel. And it was the original place that my oldest uncle um, had preached at. He was a Baptist minister. And so he had been taken back to Kentucky when he passed away in Ohio and was buried over in Carter's Chapel Cemetery. So my sister was probably eight. I was probably six. Um, on this particular visit, and um, when my dad and my granny were over decorating graves in the cemetery, my sister and I decided to go over and play around the chapel. Now, the chapel was no longer being used and hadn't been used in quite some time. Um, the two double doors at the front were chained closed. Um, the, I believe it was three or four sets of windows on either side of the chapel um, were, they were shuttered closed, big metal shutters that were locked, so you couldn't get in and, and either side there. But there was two windows on either side of the chapel um, where you could look in, where you could see where the preacher would have been, where the pulpit was. So, um, and those windows were busted out. So obviously, um, you know, it was unused. So people decided they'd go in there and all that kind of thing. Um, so my sister and I, we gathered up, I don't know, some logs or something. And we got ourselves and we, you know, popped ourselves through the window and we got into the chapel this particular visit. And it was very, very typical of a small place, you know, that you would go to a service at. All it was was a one room. Um, there were eight rows of pews um, where people would sit, where the congregation would sit, and they were kind of angled, you know, at an angle. And you had the aisle way. And, you know, you saw the two closed double doors at the very end. Um, and they were chained on the inside as well as the outside. So there was no light coming in there or anything in the actual chapel, um, you know, where the people would sit area. But the windows, like I said, were busted out on either side where you would have seen the preacher at. And there was kind of like this full step up, if you will, kind of a, um, and 
right there where the pulpit was, there was also um, two pews where probably the elders would sit or the choir if they had, you know, 10 or 12 people that were singing um, where they would have sat. And then out the back was a door that was also chained shut. And if you went out back, there was the old outhouse because, you know, no plumbing, no electricity, anything. Um, you could look up and there was a steeple and you could see where um, there would have been a bell, but the bell was missing as well. Um, so I'm assuming that leaves probably got in the two busted windows and probably down through the, the, the steeple that was up top. So on this particular visit, when my sister and I, we decided to go into the chapel um, while dad and granny were over there decking, decorating graves. Um, when we got through the window, um, we saw on that little step up the area where the preacher would have been and um, the altar was and all that. Um, there was what appeared to be a card game set out. You know, like as if somebody had just taken a deck of cards, you know, with the red um, swirly backs, and they had dealt out, I believe it was five hands, um, just as if there was a, a card game going on or getting ready to go on. Um, there was the stack of the cards in the middle of the five hands that were played out. Um, what also was around, but was not stacked, it looked like that somebody had taken... I, I, don't, I, I don't really know. I was only six, seven, eight years old, somewhere in that ballpark. It looked like somebody had taken handfuls of $1 bills and just thrown them up in the air. And they were littered all around this this card game. As if somebody, I, I don't know if they were playing $1 poker or what they were doing. And they were just littered all around. And, yeah, you know, after my sister and I, we kind of looked around and we... We were playing around, and we ended up saying, well, you know, Daddy didn't raise any fool here, and there isn't anybody around, and this place is deserted. So all we could think of is there was $30, $40 worth of $1 bills around. So we started picking them up, thinking, you know, this was the 70s. You could buy, you know, four candy bars for a dollar or two cans of soda pop. So, I mean, we were going to pick them up. So we started picking them up. We started talking about all the things we could get if we went to the pool and, you know, riding our bike up there and we were going to have this money and we'd have it in our pocket. And the funniest thing happened while we were sitting there gathering this cash up, bent over, talking to each other, all of a sudden, from the direct where those two locked doors were, at the end of where, you know, the people would be sitting, this huge, hard gust of wind blew right up, you know, from the from the pews and everything just blew, and it blew all the the dust and the leaves and everything just blew up this big huge gust of wind. Scared my sister and I to death. Dropped the dollar bills like, you know, we, we were just scared, <laughs> and. We ran out the windows and, you know, we, we dumped out of there. And I remember because I cut my leg on one of the pieces that was in there. And we ran back to where my dad and my granny were. And we didn't say anything about it. We just ran back to where they were in, in the cemetery. And 
we just left that alone, just looking at each other like, holy crap, what went on in there? There was nothing, there was no place where there was a gust of wind should have come from because everything was closed up. So before we left, my granny and my dad wanted to go and and just kind of look at the chapel and everything. And they were reminiscing about my Uncle Tom and, and, you know, when he was alive and that kind of thing. And they noticed that the windows were really, really busted out, just like my sister and I knew. And dad kind of stuck his head in the window and he's like oh wow looky in there i think somebody was in there playing some poker or something and you could see that card game still laid out like as if there'd been no guests to win and there was all the one dollar bills around and granny said well girls you know there ain't nobody around here why don't you grab up in there and grab those dollar bills and my sister and I looked at each other, and we were like, nope, nope, that's okay. Those dollar bills can stay right there. So then we loaded back up into the car, and we left, and, and we ended up going off into other cemeteries uh, for the rest of the day. And that's the only time that had ever happened there. Now, I will say that Carter Chapel is no longer there where that particular area is because they um, ended up moving the cemetery and um, tearing down the chapel because they flooded the valley. So that area is now gone. But that is what happened to me and my sister. And we thought it was really funny because years, years later now, we went to the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. And if you've ever been there, um, in the very top floor in this one room, the person who was giving the tour told us, you know, when they took us in there, they're like, looky here, this is where we had this ongoing card game because this was where um, this floor was used as for a drug and rehabilitation area, blah, blah, blah. And I remember my sister and I looked at that card game and somebody was like, well, hey, looky there, there's, there's money laying down there. And we're like, yeah, and it needs to stay right where it's at. Trust us on this, folks. <laughs> so that is my ghost story. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you for sharing that uh, that story with us. Would you have done the same thing, or would you have gone back for the, for the dollar bills when you were a kid? No, I'd have left him. Yeah. I'd have left him, but she was a great storyteller. Yeah. She was really good. Like, as she's telling that story and describing the cemetery and describing the church, like, you see it. You do. Like, she really did a great job with that story. I was so wrapped up. <laughs> So good job on storytelling. Very good job. Yeah. I don't know that I would have, uh, as freaked out as I would be, I was a kid who would be like, if there was a penny to be picked up off the ground, even if it was like stuck in gum or God knows what, I'd be like, ooh, a penny, you know? And uh, I don't know if I could have resisted to go and get those dollars and then be haunted for the rest of my life. And it's just so odd because she's talking about the church and all that. So I'm seeing it in my mind. I thought she was going to, you know, stay. And then she saw the preacher or yeah. some woman walked by in some 1800s dress. But the whole card game thing, I did not see that coming. No. There shouldn't be a card game with money laying around. <laughs> who didn't play card games for money at church? <laughs> right. And who left all their money there? Is it in a hurry? Yeah, that was just weird. I did not. Yeah. That was a good twist in that story. I did not see that coming. I'm guessing the money and the card game probably really wasn't there. 
It's just what she was seeing. It was in, in a ghostly way. But the grandma saw it. Well, I mean, they both saw it. I mean, I think I think whoever was there saw it. But I okay. think it might have been one of because it wasn't affected by the wind or the breeze or anything like that. I think it was one of those things that everyone saw. But I think it was one of those things that was wasn't really there. Wasn't really there. But you were supposed to see something was giving you that that image. Ah, yeah. I hadn't even thought of it like that. So you get there and you got to pick the dollar, but it just disappears. That would be that. That would be very disappointing. So. Uh, thank you for uh, for the storytelling and thank you for sharing that story with us. We'd love to hear more from you if you got them. Uh, 855-853-4802, our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. To share your Real Ghost Story with us, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person and EPP. Just go to ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories to uh, sign up for that. Until next time, for Carol... And all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony. Thank you for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. 
Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.